ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله وخيرته من خلقه وامينه على وحيه ارسله رب رحمه للعالمين وحجه على خلقي وعبادي اجمعين واسر الله ان يجعلنا من صالح امته وان يحشرنا يوم القيامه في زمرتي ثم اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته we begin by praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking his divine aid seeking his assistance for whomsoever allah azza wa jalla guides and can misguide and whomsoever allah azza wa jalla misguides and can guide i be with this adani as right to be worshiped to allah azza wa jalla alone without any partner i testify that rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his final prophet and messenger amma ba'd usikum wa nafsi bi taqwa allah subhanahu wa ta'ala faqad faza almuttaqun First and foremost I advise myself and yourselves to observe the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to fear him subhanahu wa ta'ala in open and in secret for indeed those who have the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are the successful ones Alhamdulillah jamaatu muslimin we have reached a new year we've reached the year 2022 by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and now and we know that this new year it is not our new year it is the new year of the non-believers as a part of maintaining our Islamic identity is to know that our new year as Muslims it passed by a couple of months ago and if I was to ask the question in which Islamic year and which Islamic month we are in, we should all know that we are now in Jumada Thani in the year 1443 of Hijrah, Alhamdulillah. And this is part of our Islamic identity, to know the months on the Islamic calendar. And we should teach it to our children, because this is part of maintaining our Muslim personality. And because as a result of the fact that we have fell out of touch with us, we find ourselves taking towards the celebrations of the kuffar, such as New Year. And in recent times we see that many Muslims also have this need and urge to celebrate Christmas, and this is part of the repercussions of living in the Muslim lands, is that it, as it is said, a sahib sahib, the companion it will draw you towards his way. Either you will be influenced or you are an influencer. Either you <laughs> will affect the people around you with Iman and the conscience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you will be influenced by them. And when we don't maintain our Islamic identities, we then get sucked into society and we start to fall into these practices of Allah musta'an. So this time of the year, the new year, it's a time of the year where we set goals for ourselves and we plan 
and we have a renewed will to achieve things by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And naturally, we want to become better. Unfortunately, most of these goals that we set for ourselves, it is in relation to our dunyawi life. It is goals which we set for ourselves for our worldly life. So, we want to earn more money. We want to, as young people, get into better shape. We want to move to a nicer home. We want to drive a nicer car. We want to move forward in our positions, in our workplaces. And this is most of the goals which we have. Also, when it comes to achieving these goals, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely out of the equation. Because we tell ourselves in order to achieve these goals, we need to be confident. We need to show self-confidence in ourselves. We need to believe in ourselves. And this is important. But it must be put in its correct context and place. Because the Muslim confidence model teaches us not to be dependent upon ourselves, but to be dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst taking the prescribed means to achieve whatever we want to achieve. And this is through tawakkul. Whomsoever places his trust in Allah Azza wa sincerely, as he ought to place his trust in Allah, then he will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be sufficient for him with regards to all of his matters. So the Muslim confidence model, it's not like that of the kuffar. Self-belief, self-confidence, you are the man. I achieve this because of my efforts. I achieved this because of my great idea I had. Rather, the Muslim confidence model, it is based upon relying upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ultimately, all of our success which we wish to achieve, it lies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was taught to us by the Anbiya and the Rusul. For they were the greatest of human beings to walk the face of the earth. They guided many a people and many a nation to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But after they achieved this, after they achieved defeating the enemy and overpowering nations, what did they say? They said, وَمَا إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That my success, it only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the Muslim mindset. So tying in with the theme of the new year, we're going to look at reminders from the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Four or five reminders which the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave his cousin Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gave this advice to Abdullah ibn Abbas when he was a youth. He was about 12 or 13 years old at that time. He was a young boy. And so this advice, it is a special advice. Because this advice comes from the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And he gives this advice to somebody who is beloved to him. First in terms of deen, in terms of religion. And this person is beloved to him in terms of nasab. They are close in lineage. Abdullah ibn Abbas, we said, was the cousin of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So let us lend our ear to this advice from the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he starts and he says, Ya ghulamu. Inni u'allimuka kalimat. And he says, oh young boy. 
And look at the way the Prophet Sallallahu addresses his cousin, who is lesser than him in status, but the Prophet addresses him with honor and respect. And Abdullah ibn Abbas, he lived to become respected amongst the companions and within this ummah. And this is because for no other reason other than the fact that he was blessed with knowledge. Because of the dua which the Prophet Sallallahu made for him. And the Prophet made a dua and he said, Oh Allah, Allahumma, allimuddin wa faqyu fi ta'wil o kamaqal. The Prophet said, Oh Allah, teach him the religion and grant him the understanding of interpretation. Meaning interpretation of the Quran. Abdullah ibn Abbas was a young man, young boy, and he was the most knowledgeable from amongst the companions with regards to understanding the Quran. And so this gave him izzah and this gave him honor. And so he said, oh young man, I will teach you words. And the first benefit we learn from this is that as teachers and preachers, we need to show mercy and we need to show excellent teaching methods. Because when we do this, people will become attracted to Islam. Many a time we hear this complaint that people say, oh, we hear from the mimbas is doom and gloom. Doom and gloom in its place. But we also need to give hope and we need to instill love within the jama'ah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this we learn from the teaching methods of the Prophet Muhammad And indeed he said, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ مُعَلِّمًا He said, I was only sent as a teacher. And so he said, I will teach you words, a few words, and this words will be easy for you to memorize. Just like it will be easy for you to memorize here today. And the first word which the Prophet gives is, he says, Protect and preserve the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect and take care of you. Protect the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you will find Allah azza wa jal in front of you and we will explain this. When you ask, then only ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you seek help and aid and assistance, then only seek help and assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكَ And know that if the entire nations were together in order to bring you some form of benefit they would never ever be able to benefit you except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written this for you and Allah azza wa jalla has decreed this for you Likewise, وَإِنْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَدُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَدُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ رُفِعَتِ الْأَقْلَامُ وَجُفَّتِ الصُّحُفِ Likewise, if the entire world and the entire nations came together to arm you with some form of harm, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not write this harm for you, they would never be able to harm you. رُفِعَتِ الْأَقْلَامُ وَجُفَّتِ الصُّحُفِ the pen has been lifted and the ink has dried. And so this profound advice, the Prophet he opens it and he says, God protect the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning, 
Do as you have been commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Live as a Muslim. Live and practice Islam as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded you in his book and in the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam. And at the head of the matters that a Muslim must preserve and must protect, it is his salah. As Allah Azza wa said, حَافِذُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ وَالصَّلَاتِ الْوُسْطَى The Prophet uses the word حِفْذ Protect, safeguard, preserve Allah Azza wa Jalla used the same word and he said حَافِذُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ Safeguard and protect your prayers وَالصَّلَاتِ الْوُسْطَى And the midday prayer Meaning Asr وَقُومُوا لِلَّهِ قَانِتِينَ And stand in salah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with obedience. So this matter of salah, it is the matter that if you possess it in your life, you are a believer. And if you don't possess it, then your Islam is in doubt. And so we have many Muslims, Muhammad, Fatima, Aisha, Khalid, and so on. We have Muslim names, but we still struggle with this basic aspect of our Islam, which is a salah. The Prophet Muhammad said, لا يحافظ على الودوء إلا مؤمن That none safeguards and protects they would do except a believer. So part of protecting your salah, it is protecting your wudu. Because as we know, tahara, purification, it is the key to the prayer. If there is no purification, there is no prayer. So this is the first matter that we must preserve. It is our salah. That matter that differentiates us as Muslims from the kuffar. The Prophet Muhammad said, Al-Ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahumu salah Faman taraka faqad kafar Not my words, but the words of the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam. And he says that the covenant that distinguishes us from the non-believers it is salah. فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدَ كَفَرَ The Prophet said, whoever leaves off the salah in entirety, then this person has disbelieved. Now we're not saying individuals are non-believers if they don't pray, but we are saying that this is a serious matter. That the Prophet he judged this matter to be an act of kufr if the person leaves off the salah. And that's why we have this concept that we refer to as being Jumu'ah Muslims. We come to Jumu'ah once a week to get that boost of Iman. And this is like the concept of the Kuffar. We have one day of the week that they dedicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the sake of devotion and worship. And the Prophet also told us that we will follow the ways of those nations who came before us. May Allah protect us. So safeguard the prayer because this is the head of the matter of Al-Islam. Another matter which we must preserve and protect which is part of our Muslim identity. It is protecting our oaths and promises. So people want success, and they want success in their businesses. But when you look at this person's identity, in the way he trades, the way he buys, and the way he sells, then his business ethics is non-existent. If you are Muslim, and you are a businessman, then naturally, you must be truthful in your business. 
And so part of us preserving the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is preserving our oaths and promises. Allah says, Wahfadu aymanakum. Protect your oaths and protect your promises. This is something that Muslims take very lightly. We take an oath in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We say, Wallahi, it is such and such. But in reality, we know that this is not the truth. And we bring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name and we use this in our testimony. Wahfadu aymanakum. Protect your oaths and protect the promises which you make with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and honor your oaths and your promises with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet says, Protect the rights of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect your rights. And part of protecting the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting your ra'as wal batan. Meaning, protecting your ra'as literally means your head and your belly. Meaning, as a believer, you must guard your eyesight from the haram. As a believer, you must guard your eyesight from the haram. And how easy is it to look at haram today? That you can find yourself in a gathering and you have this gadget in your hand. You can open the gadget, you can look at haram, and no one knows that you're looking at haram. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above all of those people who are knowledgeable. And Allah Azawajal sees and hears absolutely everything. So part of maintaining your Muslim identity, it is to protect your eyesight from haram. Likewise, you must protect your ears from haram. Protect your ears from music. Protect your ears from lending your hearing to lies. And this is part of protecting your ra'as. Part of this preservation and protection is also protecting your belly. And what do we mean by this? That a believer must be conscious of what he consumes. As Allah Azza wa Jal commanded the believers with that which he commanded the Anbiya and the Rusul. And Allah says, كُلُوا مِن طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقَنَاكُمْ Eat of the good, pure, halal things which we have provided and sustained you with. So this is easy, a believer knows he must abstain from explicit haram. Meaning, he must abstain from khinzir and those things that have been slaughtered in other than the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every Muslim, inshallah, abides by this. But this also has a deeper meaning. That today we find many Muslims, they want to dine in places that is exclusive. And at these places, they serve what they refer to as halal-friendly meals. The Prophet Muhammad said, Whomsoever believes in Allah Azza wa Jal in the last day, let him not eat at a table where wine is served. And this hadith is general. So some people say, you know what, I'm not drinking wine here. The wine's at a table next to me or maybe a table beyond that. But the hadith is general. The halal bodies will not certify these places as halal because they serve alcohol. And also, they serve your food that could be fried in oil, wherein um, khinzir, swine, 
was fried and you don't know this so part of preserving the rights of Allah is to preserve your belly and that which you eat and to be conscious of what you eat because many a time we have this complaint as Muslims that we are making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but our du'as are not responded to and we raise the question did Allah not promise us that he will respond to our supplications that your Lord Messiah said supplicate and make dua to me and I will respond to you so a person says I've made dua I've supplicated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for many years and I've not seen this dua responded to what is the reason for this it is not preserving our bellies and what we eat consuming haram clothing ourselves with haram and as a result of this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not respond to our supplications because Allah azza wa jal is pure inna Allah tayyibun and Allah azza wa jal only accepts that which is pure and so protecting our our heads as we mentioned and our bellies is extremely important part of preserving the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it also means for us as young Muslims Alhamdulillah for those of us who are married we have a protection but as young Muslims we need to preserve our private parts in Islam there is no such thing as dating there is no such thing as girlfriend and boyfriend in Islam there is no sex before marriage and this must be spoken about because many people are involved in haram relationships because we've opened up this door of relationships between girl and boy it has led to the greater haram so Islam blocks off that means to haram and part of protecting and preserving the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to protect our private parts and our tongues two small organs in relation to our bodies but many many people are unmindful with regards to protecting it and these two organs and body members are one of the main reasons why people enter the fire of Jahannam so Islam has placed tremendous importance upon preservation of the tongue that the Muslim is somebody who is conscious of what he utters whomsoever believes in Allah and the last day let him say something good or let him remain silent a believer naturally is somebody who has good conduct the way he talks he does not use vile language when we're young every second word which comes from our mouths it is a swear word and this is seemed to be cool but the Prophet tells us who the Muslim is the Muslim is one who is conscious of his tongue he protects his tongue from haram such as lies such as using foul language and so on likewise Islam also came we said to preserve the private part and for this reason the Prophet said Man whoever protects that which is between his two jawbones and that which is between his loins meaning between his two legs this person will enter Jannah whoever protects his tongue and whoever protects his private part then Jannah is yours insha'Allah insha'Allah 
And so these two organs, many people are neglectful with regards to it, yet it is one of the main reasons why people enter Jahannam. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal for afiyah. And so if we protect and we safeguard these matters which we have mentioned, then a great reward awaits us. Because as it is said, Al-Jaza'u min jinsil amal. That the reward, it is according to the deed. So Allah Azza wa Jal told us upon the tongue of the Prophet Sallallahu Protect the rights of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and what is the reward? Yahfadak. Allah Azza wa Jal will then protect and safeguard your rights. Meaning whoever preserves the rights of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will preserve you. And this has two meanings. And inshallah we will end with this meanings. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect for you and preserve for you your worldly life. He will grant you success in this world when you attach success to Islam and to the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will preserve and protect your family. He will preserve and protect your wife. He will preserve and protect your kids. And He will preserve your wealth for you. And this is the true secret of success. That if you guard the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to grant you success in these matters which we seek success in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also preserve for you your body. Meaning, if you are dutiful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to preserve your health. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to preserve for you your eyesight. Allah Azza wa Jal is going to preserve for you your hearing. Allah Azza wa Jal will preserve for you your intellect. And this we see by way of experience. We see that many of the scholars of Islam, they have reached a very elderly age. But as a result of the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Azza wa Jal preserve for them the intellect. And so you look at the kuffar, and this happens to Muslims as well as a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You find that when people are older, they go see now, or they develop Alzheimer's. But if you are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your young age, and you preserve Allah's rights in your young age, Allah azza wa will preserve you in your old age. As the great scholar Abu Tayyib al-Tabri said, وَقَدْ جَاوَزَ الْمِئَةَ sana, And he reached beyond the age of 100. And he was experiencing the power of his intellect and strength at this elderly age. Up until he was trialed with a great trial. And he said that these limbs and these body organs He said that these body members of ours, we preserved it in our young age. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took care of it for us in our old age. And this is the reward of protecting the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Secondly, a great worry and concern for us is what will happen to us after our demise. And so we think about the future of our wives and our kids and it becomes a concern for us. If we protect and preserve the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will preserve our families. And this is as a result of our connection, our relationship, and our righteousness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because as we know in the story of Ashab al-Kahf, or in Surah al-Kahf, the story of two young people, Allah azza wa jal preserved their wealth as a result of their parents being righteous. As Allah said, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا that their parents were righteous, and so we took care of them. And so, the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who takes care of our families, in our presence, if you keep your duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then after our demise, Allah azza wa jalla will ensure that they are safeguarded and protected. And you may flip this around as well. Whoever does not preserve the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not preserve him. So we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us Amen. and that he protects us Amen. and that he makes us amongst those who acts upon the best of speech and follows it. Amin ya Rabbal Alameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta. Astaghfiruka wa tubilaik. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu.